This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. excited to be with you guys this morning. Harbor at Home is such a beautiful time to be able to share the Lord's nuggets that we get individually, bring them together, go deep, go far, and expand of what God's going to do. My name is Alex, and I am part of the tribe of Perez here at Harbor, and I am beyond excited to just bring this message of what God is doing. We're currently in a season um, and in a series called Loving People, and this is actually one of my favorite subjects. I love love and I love people. So putting them together is like a force to be reckoned with. And as I was thinking about this message, I was sitting with God and something that got highlighted and to be able to love people well is really knowing our identity. And one of the things that God highlighted to me about our identity is love. So we're just going to take some time to really learn about what that looks like, to love people and what the love of God looks like. When I was sitting and thinking about loving people, I kind of took it literal. I was asking God, you know, what does loving people look like and how can we love like Jesus? You know, sometimes love doesn't always look like rainbows and sprinkles. It sometimes will look like nails and a crown of thorns. And so the Bible says that a three-chord strand is not easily broken. So I want to talk about that part. And it's actually the title of my message. It's called the three-chord strand of love. So we're just going to take a look at that three-chord strand. And it's kind of like building a foundation and painting this beautiful picture of love. And when I think about love, the first person I have to talk about when it comes to love, and he is the foundation, is God. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 16, And we have come to know and to believe the one that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. I love this verse so much because it not only talks about the identity of God as love, but there's actually promise that's in his love. And that promise is that as we remain in love, we remain in God and he in us. And so God is the foundation of love and As I started thinking about love, you know, everything that God did stemmed from love. And one of the greatest displays of love was giving us Jesus. And he ties into that three-chord strand. You know, Jesus not only possessed love, but he walked it out daily. And really with Jesus, love was the fuel behind everything that he did because that's what he saw the Father do. And I think that's just a beautiful point to highlight that Jesus, through intimacy with the Father, saw what love looked and sounded like, and it resulted in Jesus becoming what love looked and sounded like. 
and Jesus came on the earth to be our savior and he also came to be on the earth to set the example of what we were to look like so in that three-court strand there's God and then that second part is you it's me it's like self it's us and a couple of truths that we have and we have come to know in finding our identity in Jesus is knowing that we were made in his image and we were created from love. And so I want to take a moment and just piggyback on what I was saying with intimacy. And I want to ask you this question. What stirs up in you when it comes to intimacy? Sometimes we have these feelings like maybe we feel bad because we haven't done it as much as we want to. Or sometimes we go into intimacy and maybe we're carrying something that we're not ready to give to God and we feel bad about that. And we're kind of like, no, God, just let me handle this. I'll come back when I'm good and ready type thing. Or even, you know, sometimes we have this expectancy to go into intimacy and have an encounter. And the importance of intimacy and I saw this as I was like just sitting and thinking about Jesus, was that we cannot give what we haven't received. And so I want to paint this picture for you of what love looks like. So we're going to go to a verse that's very, very known uh, by people. You might have had this verse when you were getting married or at a wedding or something, you know, in relation to love. And as I read this, I want you to close your eyes and I want you, when you hear something, if it resonates with you, remember that highlight, just hold on to it. So we're going to be reading 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and it says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And you can open your eyes now. And I was sitting with this verse, going over it, because I realized, like, wow, there's a lot that is composed into love. And as I was sitting with these verses and I realized, okay, it's patient, it's kind, something that really stirred up, and I want to make a point of this about love, is that love has as much to do with what's going on on the inside than when it's being displayed, and what I mean by that is that you have to make a personal decision to not only accept love, but to choose love. You have to choose to be patient. You have to choose to not be rude. You have to choose to not keep a record of wrong. And love really, in its essence, it gives actions substance. What I mean is like, for example, you know, if you're displaying patience, you're displaying love. If you're being not rude, you're displaying love. And I want to show you what do actions look like without love. And it's like so interesting to me that it actually comes in 1 Corinthians before it starts saying the definition of love. It shows us what it looks like when we do things without love. 
So it's 1 Corinthians 13, and it's verses 1 through 3. And it says, If I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions and if I give over my body in order to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Wow. It's incredible. And it's not saying that your actions aren't right or, you know, things like that. But really, like, what's the motive behind the reason why we do things, you know? And it's interesting because we're not even talking about other people yet. We're still on the subject of you, yourself. And I want to ask you this question. Do your actions towards yourself express love? That little highlight that you got, like, oh, maybe I'm not being as patient as I should be with myself, you know? And this isn't condemnation. This is not shame, but this is actually an invitation. You know, I love how in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that love never ends. What that means is that love is a continuous invitation. And so I want to share this story about what an invitation looks like. You know, when I first got saved and the Lord was calling me to children's ministry, let me tell you guys something. You guys have to carry a lot of love to do children's ministry. If you've never experienced it, come talk to me. Let's get you plugged into Harbor Kids, right? But as the Lord was talking to me about Harbor Kids, not Harbor Kids, I'm sorry, just children's ministry in general, you know, the one thing that he was talking to me about was unconditional love and he started asking me these questions and a couple of the questions were you know Alex can you love when you don't agree with someone can you love without being loved in return can you love even when you get hurt you will get up but then continue to love and in that moment when God asked me those questions I was like God no I can't really I can't like don't expect me to Mm -mm. I'm like that person, I'll meet you in the parking lot real quick type, you know, before. But I realized that as I gave God my no, there came this realization that, wait a minute, God, that's actually what you're doing with me. You know, before I gave my life to you, I wasn't choosing you, but you still chose to love me. I probably did things that hurt your heart, but you still chose to love me. And this invitation came up and I realized that there was a lack of love that I had in my life when it came to certain areas, when it came to certain things. And it was interesting because in the world, lack looks like you'll never obtain something. You know, like if you lack money, you can't buy groceries, you can't pay your bills, you'll start losing things. But in the kingdom, lack actually sets you up in a position to receive So what I mean by that is when there's a lack, if you go to God with that lack, he will fill you up with what you need in order to sustain. 
So in this encounter, as I was having with God, you know, of understanding that I had a lack of love, he just came in and bombarded me with his love. He started showing me, you know, what does it look like to display love to myself? You know, really be rooted in understanding that I was not only made to love, but I was love in itself. Like I'm a display of love because God created me. You are a display of love because God created you and like breathe his breath of life into you. And so I bring that into children's ministry. I, I start loving these kids like they're my own. You know, they were just receiving that love and they started walking into it themselves. And so there was this one time on a Sunday where we're about to go into the classroom and they stop me in the door and they're like, Miss Alex, there's a girl in the classroom. She's new, but she's really mean. Like, we just don't want anything to do with her. And really, we don't know what to do. So I laugh and I'm like, okay, guys, let's go in there and let's just see what God does. And so I go into the classroom and lo and behold, like she was just not having it. Like everything that they were saying was true. And it was a girl that was probably like 10 years old. And I've never seen a kid like this angry. And so I was just like, okay, God, like in the moment, I don't know what to do. You know, what, what do I do? And God said, remember, just love her unconditionally, just as I have loved you unconditionally. I said, great, let's do that. So we go through the lesson. She's not saying anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're praying. And I just felt like God said, just release my love into the room. So I did. Some kids get drunk. Some kids are passed out. And this girl is just crying her eyes out. And I go and she lets me hug her. And I felt this prophetic word for her that said, you know, God loves you regardless if you choose him or not. And he's always going to be there even when it doesn't make sense. And she fell on the floor crying. So, you know, the encounter comes. God is just working in her heart, doing the things. And I want to say like two minutes later when we're all done, she gets up and she smiles and everyone in the room, including me, is like super shocked because we have no idea what just happened. This girl came in bitter and here she is smiling and now she's talking to all the kids and things like that. And the parents come and get her and she leaves. Her mom comes into the classroom and she says to me, what did you do to my daughter? And I'm thinking, uh-oh, mama bear, like, oops. But I started asking her some questions like, what are you talking about? You know, and so she was explaining that she hasn't seen her daughter smile in months. You know, like she it was just like if she was a brand new person. And so I started sharing with mom about this unconditional love encounter and mom starts getting wrecked. She's crying. I'm crying. You know, her daughter standing there like I'm done crying because I just did everything. And she said and the mom says to me, you know, that her dad actually went to jail and ever since he went to jail her daughter could not comprehend why God would do something and she thought that God left him God deserted her like she was just blaming God for her dad going to jail and I was so floored and I went home and I'm like God how is this possible not the fact that he went to jail but how is this possible that you know this girl came in and you just met her you know and he said so gently, you took the time to understand what it is to love and it became who you were. And once it became who you were, you were able to give it off. And now 
you know, being grounded in that place. And if we really take time to invest in love, and it doesn't mean that you have to be selfish, you know, because you're important. You need to spend some quiet time by yourself, whether it's five minutes or, you know, dedicate some time to really ground yourself in love because you're deserving of it, but you're also called to it. It is your portion to be able to carry such love like the Father. And from that place, when we get grounded in love, then we talk about people. And I have this question for you when it comes to people. Do you want to see transformation and unity in the body, in your cities, in your families, in you know, your workplace? Do you want to see unity? And so we're going to go to Colossians 3, and I'm going to read verse 12 to 14. And it says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if another has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord, excuse me, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Wow. Wow. If we want to see transformation and unity, we need to learn to put love on and let love be our motive. We have to. If we want to see transformation, we got to learn to love without an agenda, to love without a motive. You know, just love someone for just being who they are and then move forward from that place. Because there's, there's such power in his love and then everything else pretty much follows, really. And so as we wrap this up, if we want to see transformation and unity, if we want to be transformed in our lives, if we want to see transformation in God, how does that happen? And here's that three-chord strand of love. It's one, being grounded because of his love, and that's God. Two, being grounded in his love, and that's you. And three, ground others from his love. And that's people. So as we come to a close, I have some Harbor at Home questions for you, for you to share with your group and just go deep with these questions. Be open with these questions. Uh, Question number one, what area of love do you have difficulty or lack of displaying to yourself? And how can you start showing yourself that type of love? And question number two, What does a transformed nation in love look like to you? And how can you display that to the people around you? Enjoy this beautiful time of going deep. Enjoy this beautiful time of just expanding on love. Be open to receive it and enjoy it. Send your kids to the Heart Route Home Zoom call that we're about to start. Have an amazing Sunday. You are so loved. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. 
Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.